0: So, this is week two of a series called Dollars and Cents. So, I, I'm going to say this sincerely. We good? Is there an echo? It just sounds like there's an echo to me. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> Seriously, like that, I mean that. Like that's, it's, um, I don't mean like people that didn't come back or leaving the church, but it can be hard, can't it? Like we talked about that last week. It can be hard to talk about money, but um, we did it and you came back, and I love that. Here's what I believe, that um, even though some people like, might find this a little too uncomfortable to talk about, I know that in this church, I know this is a fact, and I think in our city, in our region, God is building a culture of people who hunger for the truth even when it's uncomfortable, Amen. right? Um, I know every time I've ever gotten ready to step into a conversation with somebody, and somebody stopped me and said, Paul, before you go in there, look at your teeth and I get that spinach out or whatever it is, I'm always so thankful, right? Like we know, like it would be, we love the truth because the truth is actually protecting us. So last week we were, um, we were talking about um, just um, kingdom partners, not business partners. I I told you that our goal for this series is not to get you to give more. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. So you didn't say that like you believe me right you're like nah I know you really do want. no I mean our, our goal is not to make you get you to give more our goal is we said this last week to close the gap between the generous heart of the father and the less than generous habits of his children right so like like father like son right like mother like daughter what so what our father looks like we want to look like that so if he's super generous we want to be super generous I felt like I preached better last week like we're gonna nail that so um, <laughs> So we, that's the whole goal, right? Not to get your offering, not to get the offerings up. We're not doing this because we need it, because we're in trouble. We're doing this because God is after our, what? It starts with an H and ends with art. Heart. Good job. I threw them off because they were like. <sighs> anyway. One of the stats that really stood out to me last week, I love this, was that I told you if, if in our church alone, just our church alone, if everybody decided to just do what God asks right we talked about tithing last week and that's that tithe means tenth means ten um, we'll, percent we'll develop this idea more as we go along remember like we got to this week and two more weeks right so I believe the tenth is just a starting point I think that's what Jesus did he was like ten <laughs> percent out let's talk about a hundred right that's just a starting point but what we said was if every family in our church based on the stats in our county the the average family income if everybody in our church every family just did ten percent this blew my mind y'all this church would have one quarter of a million extra dollars a year to do something with right that's just if we just that blows my mind a quarter of a million extra dollars if we all just did what we you know what God says to do now as we go further into the series we're going to talk about why we don't necessarily do that Um, I do believe this. Sometimes what we say to God by not giving is we're saying to God, I can do better with my money than you can. Okay, that was not fair. (laughs) Let's make it more fair. I think sometimes when we don't give to the church, what we're saying is, I can do better with my money than the church can do with my money. That might be fairer right? What I want you to see, and I hope you saw this last week, I think you're going to see it again today, is that when we don't give to the church, who are we really not giving to? God, right? That's what he said. I didn't, I didn't make that up. Y'all know that, right? Everybody say, Paul did not write the Bible. Not this Paul, right? (laughs) So here's what I want you to know. God speaks very clearly. You can say all day long, I know what's best to do with my money, But God is clear about what we're supposed to do with his money, okay? It's his money. And so when we bring that, he says, bring it to the storehouse so that you can build bigger and better buildings. Is that what it says? No. So that the pastor can drive a Mercedes Benz. I know that's what it says. Can I get a witness in the house, right? He says, I want you to bring... The whole tithe to the storehouse so that, and y'all know, I'm just Bible reading 101. When there's words like so that, whatever comes next is the reason why he wants you to do what came first. I want you to bring the whole tithe into the store, storehouse so that there may be food in the house. Right? Why? So we can have a big party and eat all the food? No. Because there are hungry people in the world. Right? And they need the resources. And so God says, like, bring the whole tithe. And then there's food in the house, and it'll be awesome. Now, saying all that, I'm saying a bunch of stuff before I say what I need to say this morning. We have worked hard, and some of you have been with us for seven years since we started in the coffee shop. Some of you, this is your first week, okay? Or you've been here for a month or two months. You've not even been to lunch and lobby yet. You're that new, right? We have worked so hard for seven years to build a culture that's a safe place, okay? Okay? a safe place. Now here's how we typically hear that. Oh, it's safe. I can come to the gathering and I can be anything, say anything, and, it's, and I'm going to be loved and accepted. But safe place works both ways, right? Safe place means that I also get to preach in a safe place where I can say things and I can even say things not as good as maybe I should have said it and people don't crucify me over lunch, right? So what you'll hear today, and this is so critical, because last week I think I said something like, "If you don't bring your whole tithe here and you need help, don't ask us for help." Is that what I said? I didn't put that service online. I put the eleven o'clock service. I thought I thought I said it nicer in the eleven o'clock service. So I'm saying to you guys, because you were here, I said something like that. Look, I believe the principle of that is true. That if we just give, if we give everywhere else and never to the storehouse, then what what God is saying. I didn't write the Bible. Is well, I want you to give all here so that there will be food in the house. And so the converse is true or inverse. What is it? Inverse? Inverse? Sorry. Converse is what I'm, anyway. So the inverse is also true. If you don't bring it, there will not be food. That's what I was saying. But here's what you're going to learn today. Hang with me. Safe place, right? Because I don't think I said it the best way last week. What we never worry about is, oh gosh, what will we do if, they, if people don't give? Because all we're responsible to do as a church is to do the same thing that God tells all of us to do. And if we do the same thing, what you'll learn today is, God's going to make sure we have what we need to help people. So I didn't want you to hear me say last week, well, (laughs) forget you. We ain't going to help you. (laughs) Too bad. No, no, like God will always give us what we need. Now, just to help you see that our church um, does what we say we do. So we got a we got a man. We got great leadership at our church. We got an elder team. They're so awesome. We've got uh, we got a staff team. We have got a leadership team. All these people. We got we have a finance team. I don't know if you knew that or not. We got a finance team. They meet once a month and they talk about kind of like. They don't. They're not the kind of people who go. Well, you can't do this because you didn't do. It. They're just like, well, here's kind of where the church is. Here's what kind of think of where the church is going. Here's what we think, God's. And the elders will get together. They'll, they'll pray and say, well, we feel like God's leading us in this direction. And then the finance team gets together and figures out how in the world can we do what they just said that God wants us to do. And when you put all that together, it's called. It starts with the B and ends with budget. What is it? Budget. budget, right? So our church actually has one of those. Um, now, look, full disclosure, I'm not a detail guy. Anybody surprised by that? (laughs) No, right? So we've had a budget every year we've ever been at church. We've just never told anybody because I don't think about that stuff. So in in full disclosure and transparency, we've always been transparent, but I'm just going to try to make it easier for you to find it. Because we're talking about money, it's not just a you thing, it's an us thing. And so I asked our finance team to just, like, get me the 2019 budget so we could take it and, like, um, prettify it is that a word? Like we just made it like into a graph and colors because I need that, right? Like if you, if you give me like a spreadsheet, I'm just like, <laughs> but if you give me colors, dude, pie charts are the best because it makes me think about pie. Oh, I want to eat that slice, right? Um, so we, if you go to our website, thegatheringnow.com and you go to our giving page, you'll go to thegatheringnow.com, hit the word give. First thing you're going to see, Big orange box. It says 2019 budget. Click it. You can look at it, download it. All you people that are spreadsheet nerds, (laughs) you're gonna love it, right? You'll be like, why are there so many colors? But it's easy to read, and it'll help you see what we do with the money that comes in. Because here's why that's important. Because we live out as a church what I'm getting ready to teach you. We're not telling you to do something that we're not doing. As a matter of fact, this year we're. We're even in a down year, not with giving, but with what we want to do with the money. Because we're, we're kind of getting used to this new season, right? But in years past, we, we've, we've given away as much as, there was a year, I think it was the year that I almost killed myself running 50 miles um, in one day. That year, we gave 32% away to missions. That's crazy, right? That's, that's abnormal, right? But I want you to just download it, okay, all that to say, that's, that was way too long for all that, but just go to the giving now, I mean, thegatheringnow.com slash give and you'll see it. All right, make sense? Um, we're going to be in, last week we were in Malachi, Malachi, right? Um, today, if you've got an actual Bible that's a book, like if you're on your phone, you'll find it quicker, but we're going to be in Haggai. So if you go to Malachi and you take a left and go two books to the left, that's, Haggai okay um these are man we're in some old books right like some whoever who reads these books right we should they're in the bible they're really good and this one's only two chapters long and we're gonna talk about the whole book but mostly the first 11 verses okay so we'll reference the whole book but mostly the first 11 11 verses while you're turning there let me talk to the rebels in the house rebels and here's how you know that you're a rebel When somebody says, do this, you do that, right? Like, you know, I led, I was a worship leader for, I don't got like, youth and adults, probably like a decade, right? So I get, like, I get why worship leaders say stuff like, raise your hands, because they want to, somebody's in the back getting a picture, right? Right, because it's a great picture. When everybody's got their hands up, they snap a picture, the screen's up there. That's not why they do it, I'm just kidding with you. But even as a worship leader, if somebody said, raise your hands, I'm more likely to like, put my hands in my pocket. That's just the way I'm wired. So I don't mean rebel in a bad way. I just mean like if somebody says, go that way, you're going to be like, I'm going to go this way. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there, there are things that have an order to them. There are, like, you ever heard the expression, first things first? There are things that have to go first. How many of you rode in a car to church this morning? Raise your hand. How many of you rode in a car to church this morning but never put the key in the ignition? Because you have a push thing. see? <laughs> I, know, I know y'all were like, y'all were like, "I'm going to ruin his whole message. I thought about that. I was ready for it, right? How many of you rode in a car today, but it never turned on? Right? Nobody. You'd still be pushing it, right? Because some things have to happen first. you've got to put gas in the car first before you can either turn the key or push the button, but whatever whichever that you do, it does something else that I'm not smart enough to understand. Something ignites somewhere and then, you know, that's why I like, sometimes it's like, that means something's wrong. <laughs> but it has to start first, right? That's like, it comes first. You, uh, how many of you had coffee this morning? <sighs> a lot, right? Come on. I mean, if I could hook up an IV, I would, right? Coffee IV, that's a great idea. Yes, I got to, okay. We have a Keurig. Worst thing we ever got. I mean, it's just like, pop one in, pop one in. It's just, oh my gosh, like so much coffee all the time throughout the day. How many of you know that before you could have that cup, you had to turn the curig on? And before you turn the Keurig on, there needs to be water in the Keurig, probably, right? And before all that, somebody, probably on the other side of the globe, had to plant a crop That resulted in a bean that got ground into the grounds. That got put into the pod. That got put into the Keurig that when you hit the button, water went through it and it made a cup. Like all that had to happen before you got the cup. If we don't do things in the right order, and again, I recognize there are rebels in the house. And the minute somebody says it has to be this order, you're like, I'll find a way, right? I, I relate to that. But the minute that we do things out of order, there can be disastrous results. I'll just give you one example, I've never gone parachuting, is that what you call it? <laughs> For the second week in a row, the nine o'clock service is not going to make the cut, right? <laughs> it's not going online, I just said parachuting, that's fantastic, is that a country song? No, it's also called skydiving, If we just pack it in right now, we, we can't, I got to go all the way through the message because you're like, why is there a kiddie pool on the platform, Right? i can't stop now oh gosh so i've never been skydiving but i do know this that when you go skydiving you get on the edge of the plane and you jump out and somewhere between the plane and the ground you pull a what a cord cord and that releases a what that's a good order isn't it you don't want to you don't want to pull the cord when you're on the ground you also don't want to pull it in the plane just saying, like if you've never been skydiving, I'm giving you a little tip. Don't pull the cord in the plane. I think that happened in some Harrison Ford movie, right? And he was like outside, like whatever. That's right. You've got to, you've got to do it in order. So if you pull that cord and then you jump, not good, right? Because either you're going to die on the ground or you're going to die hanging from the back of the plane because something's getting caught somewhere. There's an order. We don't, We don't like to think of it that way, but to the rebels in the house, don't be afraid that today we're talking about order. Haggai, first things first, Haggai chapter one. Um, Here's why this is important. We're going to learn from this message in Haggai is that until God's first, things won't last. Now look, we live in a throwaway society. I get it, like you use stuff and then when it's broken, you throw it away and buy new stuff, but in our resources, this is a humongous truth. Until God's first, things won't last. Because we're getting ready to read a message from God through a prophet to his people that basically says those six words. Because they're like, why aren't, why aren't things like stretching further? And he's like, uh, I got an idea. I told you what to do with your resources and you're not doing it. And because I'm not first, your stuff's not going to last. Haggai chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. That was the longest introduction. So sorry. I'll read fast. On August the 29th, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Je- Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. By the way, I have no idea how to say those names, and neither do you, so you thought I did it right. A little Bible tip for you. If you're in a community group and somebody calls you to read and there's a bunch of names, just say them. They'll be like... Dang, that dude is smart. You probably said it wrong. It's okay. Nobody knows. You just got to say it with confidence. Verse 2. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies say. I need more coffee. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. That's really key. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You've planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Verse 7, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you, by the way, if you just built a house, breathe. It's okay. All right. I can hear y'all like, we shouldn't have built that house. It's all good. We'll get to it. Verse 10. It's because of you that the heavens withdrew, withhold the dew, and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills. A drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops. A drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. So let's just talk through um, the first part of this. Just make sure that you have an idea of what's going on. So the people of God were in exile and they've been brought back from exile that's a good thing. Okay, Bible 101. If you're in exile, it's like you're a slave. When you're out of exile, you're free. So it's good to be not in exile any longer. It's been 18 years since they came back from exile. When they first came back from exile, guess what they were told to do? Build God's house. And now 18 years later, he said in verse 2, the people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Now, listen, this is a little tidbit you can write down in your notes. Usually when God's talking to his people, he'll say, my people. But he said, the people, if you've got an NIV, it says these people. And I I read a commentator, and this is what he said. He said, that was such a sharp rebuke. He didn't even call them his people because they weren't living like his people. Holy cow. Anyway, they said it wasn't time to rebuild the house of the Lord. And so why did they say 18 years later, it's still not time to rebuild the house? Because if you go back and study their history as a people, they had started rebuilding God's house. And guess what they faced? Opposition. They had enemies that tried to stop them from rebuilding God's house. And so the opposition that they faced made them stop and they became discouraged wouldn't you? Like if you were trying to do something good and people kept trying to discourage you from doing it, you'd be like, God, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. That was how they felt. So they kind of stopped. They got discouraged and they stopped. But over time, that discouragement turned into complacency and procrastination. So now here they are 18 years later and it's still not done. And God's like, hello, y'all said it wasn't time, but how come your houses look so good? So apparently it was time to build something, but not what I asked you to build. That's kind of where they are. So verse 5, depending on the translation that you have, I know I've got the New Living Translation, and it says, look at what's happening around you. If you have the NIV, I think it has the word consider. It's a very intentional word, a very intentional word. the, The Hebrew word means to look. It means to place. It means to set Exam- this is, anybody know Dr. Phil? This is the Dr. Phil moment, right? So God's channeling his inner, can God channel the inner doctor, Dr. Phil? But God's playing Dr. Phil and he says, how's that working for you? That's what he's saying. He's like, look at your lives. Examine your lives and ask yourself this question. You have your priorities out of place. You've misplaced your priorities. And so how's that working for you? Because you're getting food, but you're not hungry. I mean, you're not full. You're drinking, but you're still thirsty. You're putting money in your pocket, and then you can't find it because it's got holes. He's like, how's it working for you? Putting yourself before me. Getting your priorities out of whack with your possessions. How's that working for you? And he says, "So, so look, be intentional. It says to take the time, Hebrew word, take the time and examine your life. Examine what's out of place, and then put them back in place. All of that is wrapped up in the word consider and look. God's, like, getting their attention. If you're a snapper, God's like, right? Verse 6, he says, look, you have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but aren't satisfied. You drink, you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, you can't keep warm. You have wages, they disappear. What I want you to see is they still had a blessing. They still had all those things. They had a harvest food, drink clothes. They had all of them. They just couldn't keep them. Do you see that? It wasn't like they didn't have any of it. They still had it. They couldn't keep it. This is, um, in our vernacular, they were experiencing the more month than money syndrome, right? Crud, I got a whole nother week until payday, and I don't have enough money. And he was like, but you had money, right? You did have money. It just didn't last as long as it needed to. So his people are like, why do I keep eating, but I'm still hungry? Why do I keep drinking? I'm still thirsty. Why I know I I know I had a $20 bill and I put it in my pocket and I can't find it. That they're experiencing this, like, oh. So God's response in verse 9 to their incorrectly positioned priorities. Let's we're gonna use the word misplaced priorities. But you know, if you look up the word misplaced in the dictionary, it's got two meanings. One is incorrectly positioned, and their priorities were incorrectly positioned because they were more focused on themselves than they were on God. And his response to that in verse 9, it's hard to hear God say this, but he said it. He said, I blew it away. I blew your blessing away. Why would God do that? The blessings were still there. But they were, another, another meaning of the word misplaced, they were temporarily lost. Here, let me wrap it up this way. Misplaced priorities lead to misplaced blessings. So if your priorities are misplaced, God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm just making sure you're okay because you're really quiet. So God's faithful. And you know what he's going to do? He's still going to pour out blessings. But they're going to get misplaced. The crops were still there. The money was still there. Water was still It was all still there. They just couldn't find it. It was temporarily lost. And I just want to set you at ease for a second. Again, we talked about this last week. Why does God talk about resources and possessions so much in the Bible? Is it to give pastors good material? No. no. It's because he wants our heart. And our heart and our money is tied together. Jesus said that. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And So God's after the heart. So you know why goes after the heart? Because God wants to bless the world through the church. And so he's looking at his people going, hold up y'all, I keep giving you blessings and you keep misplacing them. And the reason you're misplacing them is because your priorities are misplaced. You're not giving attention to my things, you're giving attention to your things. And how many parents in the house, if you keep giving your kids something and they keep losing it, at some point do you what? Stop giving. Not because you got mean as a parent, although they'll think that. But you're like, why would I keep giving you that if you're going to keep losing it? Misplaced priorities lead to misplaced blessings. So verse 9, again, he says, I blew it away. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. When you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. And he says, why? Here's the priority statement. Because my house lies in ruins while all of you are busy building your own. Your priorities are misplaced. And so as a result, the blessing is misplaced. And what happens after that? I love this. This is what should fill us with hope. What happens after that? Verse 12. It's not on the screen. Holy cow, it's also not on my, in my notes. Okay, that's fun. Let's we'll make it up. I'm not going to make it up. But listen, here's what he says in verse 12. He talks about a remnant. It says that there was a remnant, the leaders and a remnant heard God's message and began to do what God said. You know why I have hope? Because I believe in our city, in our church, in this region, I believe that there is a remnant. That God, his message is going to be heard and that remnant is going to start to reorder their priorities and it's going to shift the atmosphere of our city. It's going to shift the atmosphere of our region. We're going to see things change because we reordered our priorities. So they began to work on the house of God. They put God first. Now listen, this is the principle of priority in the kingdom. Okay, I'm going to give you a ton of verses. You need to get your pens ready. Just write them down, okay? Just so you know, I'm not making this stuff up. There is a pri- a priority, a, a principle of priority in the kingdom. If you do this in the order, this will happen, okay? Here are just a few. Are we ready? Exodus 20. Verse 3, put God first, right? It's actually the first commandment. You will have no other gods before me. I come first. Matthew 6, 33 says this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. If you have the NIV, it says, seek first the kingdom and live righteously, and he will give you nothing else. Is that what it says? Nope, everything you need. First the kingdom. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In where first? Jerusalem, right? So the closest to home, in Jerusalem first. 3 John, verse 2, because there's only one chapter. John writes this, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you. And that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. If you have the NIV, it'll say something like this. I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers. So what comes first? The wallet or the soul? Soul, right? A life of first things. 1 Timothy 3.5, this one hits hard for pastors. But if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Even there, you see the, this, this principal priority. God says, Well, hold up, time out. Like, if you can't even take care of your kids, and you like, if your house is not in order, I don't need you up on the platform trying to get my house in order. It's, it's a principle of priority. Luke 12, 34. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Do you know that this week I was reading that? This is uh, so bear with me, like, give me some grace, right? So I'm reading that, and I thought, I think I just found. The purpose of my life that's a good day um it's gonna sound a little bit weird I, I don't know if I should say this honey just stop me I see things like how many of you when you look how many of you have noticed like if you look at a digital clock it, like you'll see the same numbers all the time anybody ever like you're like 11 11 right like you see it all the time Sydney I see tw- I see 1 two, three, four all the time is it just me All the time, like, I feel like when I look at a clock, I know it's not all the time, but I'm just like, dang, honey, there it is again, 1230, I know some of y'all are like, go to bed earlier, right? (laughs) (laughs) That'll fix that problem, but like, I've always been, I don't get jacked up about it, but I'm just like, God, why do I always seem to see that? And I was reading this verse, it's Luke 1, 2, 3, 4, y'all, do you see that? (laughs) And it's about priority. It's about order. I was like, holy, I think that's part of my calling, honestly. It's to help the church reestablish order. Anyway, it was a good day for me. I'm, you know, whatever. I don't know what y'all are thinking right now. I'm probably like looking up other churches on your phone. Um, but the point here is that heart follows treasure, right? Heart follows treasure. Little, little side, we'll talk about this as weeks go on. If you ever want to have a heart for something, Give to it. I mean, don't try that with the cowboys. Right? (laughs) If you want to have a heart for something, like, I don't know if I have a heart for, like, right to life and choosing life and abortion. I don't know if I have a heart for that. Give. Give to it. I don't really like the local church. Give to it. I don't have a heart for... Missions, Give to it. Guess what, guess what you'll find? You'll start to have a heart for it. Do you know what's happening in my life right now? I'm not really a Tar Heel fan. But I don't hate him as much as I used to. Do you know why? I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of my money. I'd never even heard of Queens University until Will went there. I'm all about some royals, y'all. Love that place. I'm giving him my money. They also have my son, but I'm just saying, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, when you invest in something, God, your heart follows that. It's just interesting to me, and again, it's not about getting people to give more money. It's interesting to me that when we don't like the church, we pull our money back first. Like, I'll teach the church. And, and you know, to be honest with you, like, if that's your heart, I want to help you find another church. I don't need to be taught a lesson. That's God's job. Just like I don't need to teach you a lesson. That's God's job. He says he disciplines his kids. He did not need you to hold your money back to teach me something, right? Or to teach any, I mean, like we just pull, see, we pull, and we think it's just the money, but it's the heart. We pull our heart back. And then three months of that, you start saying stuff like, I just don't feel connected. Well, you know why you don't feel connected? You pulled your heart back three months ago. You thought it was just your money, but it was your heart. You've been living without a heart for three months. Of course you don't feel connected. I'm not saying that's happening here. I just was using it as an example. John 14, 15, another verse. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So our actions follow our heart. If we love him, we'll do it. So here's the point. Um, Fix the leak and find the fountain. That's the second point. Fix the leak and find a fountain. Now let me explain that to you, okay? Um, they they reprioritized. I, I did find it, just so you know. It's um, verse twelve and thirteen says. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord had their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. That's a good day. When God says he's with you, that's a good day. So they, they reprioritized, right? And God started to bless them again. They started to find the blessing. They replaced their priorities and they found the blessing, right? Because misplaced priorities lead to misplaced blessings. Chapter 2, we won't read all of it. But if you read through chapter 2, here's what you'll find. They began to carry three things. They carried God's glory. They carried God's blessings. And the last verse, he talks about giving them a signet ring. They started to carry God's authority in their culture. Guess what? They were supposed to carry it the whole time. They had just sprung a leak. And so they had to fix the leak. And when they fixed the leak, they find a fountain. John seven thirty-eight says this out of them will flow rivers of living water that's the fountain that jesus promised us and why do we have a fountain because thirsty souls need to drink and they drink out of the overflow so when we put god first things begin to last that's the promise of a life of first things i I thought about this too we're talking about priorities in order this morning while we were praying, this came to me. I don't know if this is for somebody here. Um, think about Sundays, right? Now, I'm talking as the pastor, okay? So I get it. I, again, I'm, ta- I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But when it comes to church attendance, like people now are very spotty with church attendance, right? And we say it's because our lives are busy, and they, they are, right? I mean, how many of you agree lives are busy, right? So this isn't to make people feel bad about not coming to church. But here's the mindset that we have in our culture. In our culture... We live like Sunday is the last day of the weekend, not the first day of the week. It's the order of things, right? It's misplaced priorities. So what we say is, well, I meant to go to church, but I was still recovering from Saturday. Or it was my only day to get things right before I go back to work on Monday. We treat Sunday like it's the last day of the weekend instead of the first day of the week. And then we wonder why we don't have strength to get through the week. It's not about church attendance. I mean, hear my heart. It's that even in that slight way, we've not put God first. We've put him last. We've said, hey, if I got anything left over, it's yours. And he says, no, no, no. Like, it's the principle of first things. I want a life of first things. God first, the kingdom first, the tithe first, attendance first, like energy to me first. Wendy, the worst day of our marriage was when Wendy came to me as a pastor, and she said, I feel like our family gets your leftovers. That's a bad day. You know what it caused me to do? We divorced. <laughs> no. It caused me to examine my life and, like, h- repent and make things fix the leak. Fix the leak. Find the problem. So, um, as I was studying this, this passage, I, I couldn't help but think about um, this game we used to play. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is a flashback, Park Ridge students in the house. Um, Oh, that got intense, didn't it? Y'all were like, that's a big drill bit. I love that. So um, when, when I was, it, it, when my kids were going to Park Ridge, we played a uh, field day, right? So field day, you, you know what that is? Do they still do that? Okay. It's not like outlawed because it's dangerous? Okay. you play in bubble wrap. So it was always hot. And so um, the favorite game, the favorite game was the leaky pipe relay race. And so what we would do is, um, like, this is your life. Some of y'all look about this white, too, by the way. <laughs> you got, like, red tattoos and the whole deal. So this is your life. And so what we do is um, God fills us up. We're getting close to the top. <sighs> okay, there we go. That took forever so he fills us up now check this out he pours him, himself into us the bible says he pours his glory into us he pours his blessing he pours his authority that's what we just read right and when, when we have this do you know why he does this because what is he going to do to the church send us to the ends of Raleigh the earth right hmm We've got to work on that one, right? So we're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled, right, with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, hey, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Do you know what? This is very practical. What God really wants to have happen. Are we on the camera? Can you follow me? Are we good? What God really wants to happen. Turn to go to my good side. Um, God wants us to have what he's given us here. Follow me. Oh, there I am. It's like I'm just floating. Y'all good back here? Introverts are panicking. God wants us to still have it when we get here. Everybody say, "Duh." duh. That was simple, wasn't it? He just wants whatever he's poured into us here to still be in us there so that we can pour it out there. Okay, now, I'm scared of this part. Make sure I don't spill it. Holy cow. Okay. Hmm. Problem is that every time we neglect the things of God... Y'all thought I was just joking, but that really scared me. (laughs) What what just happened, Richard? I bet it's got something to do with some setting that a real man would know how to fix, but I'm not a real man. Every time, I mean, I'm a real man, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) feels like do you want me to hold it and he's like he, even he recognizes I need help being a man right now I get it it's so great maybe this will be the one that makes it online because this is a lot of fun so every time that we oh gosh there's a table under this Jesus help us out. <laughs> wow I think um I don't even know what to do with that honestly so there's one um let's go slower Every time we neglect the things of God, y'all are laughing at me, but this is your life. <laughs> I'm just saying. You, br- you break your wrist. <laughs> okay, so that's, I think that's good, isn't it? So, that's so good, so Now, watch this. Oh, holy cow. Now, I thought I heard music I was like the king is coming for me right now um every oh I'm so sorry I did that it's like at home and I put crumbs on the floor and you're like why would you do that just put your hand there anyway (laughs) what I want you to see is this y'all this is your life You put money in your pockets, it's like they have holes in them. The money doesn't last until the end of the month. Because every time we neglect the order of things, it's just another hole. You know, this morning when I was reading in um, the Bible plan, if you're reading through the Bible with us, then if you're on track, and I'm not saying this because I'm bragging because I'm on track, but I am. And I think it was for today. Today. Leviticus chapter 27, I'm reading it through in the message, and I read this this morning. It says, but if you refuse to obey me and won't observe my commandments, despising my decrees and holding my laws and contempt by your disobedience, making a shambles of my covenant, in other words, if your priorities are misplaced, I'll step in and pour on the trouble, debilitating disease, high fevers, blindness. I know that sounds terrible, but listen to this. Your life leaking? Out bit by bit if our priorities are misplaced then he pours into us here and by the time we get there there's nothing to give and we don't know why we're burned out I know because you've ignored the priority the principle of first things now could I get a volunteer or two you want to you come up come on can I get some else to help, Lizzie? Here comes John. John's a big man, he's not angry, he just has a deep voice. <laughs> now, okay, I'm just gonna let you, John, will you hold, hold this? Oh, Father, help us all right? Okay, you got that? Now, you're doing great, you're doing great. Now, Lizzie, um, okay, so what we have here is we have a hole, a hole, a really big hole, a blowout. And then we have a hole here. I think that's all we have. Oh, yeah, we got one, two, three. So there's four holes. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to – I don't need you to do that. There's always one, isn't there? He won't be in the 11 o'clock service. So what I need you to do – is it's almost almost like a game show, but you're not going to win a prize. I'm going to pour water into this, and we would like to keep as much water in the pipe as possible. So I'm going to let you plug, I mean, you can plug however many holes you can or, you know, whatever, and just, okay, now can we reach over this way a little bit? No, you're good, can we reach in just a tad? Now, I'm going to start pouring, you tell me how we're doing. Oh, okay, that wasn't good. What do you think we should do? You shouldn't have drilled a hole in the <laughs> She said, I said, what do you think we should do? And she said, you shouldn't have drilled a hole in the bottom. (laughs) Thanks, Sherlock. So what I need you to do, since you recognize there's a hole, what do you think we should do? Should you get another pipe? We don't have another pipe. Where should you put your hand, you think? Yeah. So can I just tell you this? Yes, she said I've only got two hands. So before we, let's just see if that works, first of all. that was better but there's some coming out here so where do you think we would gonna go next here there you go that's great so she's doing a good job illustrating this isn't she because the point is that a lot of times and there's it's funny there's a verse in the Bible that says many will say to me Lord Lord did we not and it lists a whole bunch of activities I believe this that a lot of believers are really busy plugging these holes But they've got their lives out of order. They've never covered the foundation. And because they don't cover this, you can do all kinds of good things for the Lord. You ain't never gonna have nothing left over. It's gonna go right through you because it's about priority. And when you listen, you'll talk to this in your community groups. If you have a leak in your house, what do you do first? Fix the leak or turn off the water? water. Unless you're like me, right? I can fix it you know no you turn off the water you shut off the supply i would submit this that we think god's mean but god in his goodness wants to minimize the damage until we get this right thank you so much you did great give my hand Okay, so we're going to wrap up. The band's going to come up, and they're going to kind of walk around all the shrapnel and stuff. It's crazy up here. Um, Hey, can we do Holy Spirit? Because we were singing that song earlier, and I kept thinking, man, that's a perfect song for today, isn't it? Because that song says, um, flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And the only way that he can flood it is if we don't have holes in the bottom. And so what I want you to see is not just in money, right? But God is a God of order. He's a God of priority. And when there's a leak, when there's something wrong, when we're like, the, the Israelites, like, we put money in our pocket and there's a hole. He says, well, let's do this. Let's don't try to work harder and fix it. Let's actually fix the hole. And the way you fix that hole is you reorder your life according to the way that God says that things should be. You put him first. You put the kingdom first. That's that, listen, that's why the tithe is the first ten, not the last ten. Because it's about priority. And if you're giving up here, then all his blessings still flowing through and spilling out. Because you're, you're not doing it in the order that he wants. So I'm going to pray over us. And I just want to invite you to stand. And, and we're just going to sing this song just as a, this is your response time, you know. Again, none of, we're not doing this to make people feel bad, right, for not giving or not giving enough or whatever this isn't about amounts this is about order and we just want to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts I would just say say this if you're here this morning and you know right now that there are areas of your life that are not in God's order it's as simple as repentance God forgive me for not doing it the way you said to do it so Lord I just I release that over the house this morning God as we we spend the next few minutes just singing and asking your Holy Spirit to fill us. We are the temple, God, to fill us. God, that you would begin to reveal areas of our lives where we're leaking and that we can just begin to repent and you can begin to fix those holes, God. Our heart's desire is to be sent to the farthest ends of the earth, but to have something to give them when we get there. And it all starts with a life of first things.